All right, well, what we want to do this evening, uh, Steph has been doing Winter Wonder all day, so she's taking the evening off as she wraps up. And so uh, I'm going to open us up here with just a little exercise, and then Kevin is going to lead us through the rest of the evening. But one of the things that we have been inviting our church into, and this really started within the last six months to a year, uh, is this idea of silence. Kevin had been slowly inviting us into moments within our services of just stilling our hearts, stilling our minds. And this last Last month of January, that was part of our Sabbath rhythm, that we would step into moments of silence. And so, uh, you know, part of my journey on word spirit and coming out of conservative and a charismatic is, and what I love about what we're trying to do here at Third that Kevin has led us so well in and so many others is we're trying to grab things from multiple streams. So we, you know, we want to be about the reform stream and we want to learn things from our Catholic brothers and sisters. And there's things to learn about healing ministries from multiple streams. And we want to gather things from uh, all these streams that really make us better disciples, better followers of Jesus. And uh, one of the things that Kevin has been really inviting us into, and and I think it's starting to pick up and it's interesting because I'm seeing it start to pick up in other places within the big C church. And this is kind of this idea of a contemplative lifestyle, this idea of of fixed hours of prayer, of stepping into silence and solitude, these practices that have been used for centuries upon centuries, and it goes back to Jesus. You know, Jesus was really one of the first originators of silence and solitude. Early in the morning, Jesus would get up and he would go away before he would come back to minister. And so this idea of silence, and uh, we're going to step into that. Now, we want to give you application steps, opportunities to try some things out. And part of my journey with the Holy Spirit, we know that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. He speaks to our hearts and our minds. He speaks in so many ways. Uh, but part of my wrestling, uh, I've talked with Kevin lots about this really over the last you know, year or two, is like my own questioning of like, Lord, can I clearly hear you? How do I hear you better? And with all the noise and all the chaos, and I've been, I keep this invitation of silence and solitude just keep coming up. And I'll be honest, silence and solitude is not easy for me. I'm a, like, I like to be distracted, you know, so like anytime I got the word open, even in prayer, I have music going, like that is just part of a little bit how I'm wired. Um, And so the invitation from the Lord has been, I think he's been inviting me into uh, solitude and silence. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take a few moments, and I'm going to give you a couple uh, things to help you along the way. So a great resource that I've been using, Ruth Haley Barton, uh, she has a simple book called Silence and Solitude, and she talks about her journey. She came out of mega church world uh, on the verge of burnout and just was invited into some of these really rich practices. Uh, But what I found, especially coming out of my charismatic background, is for me it seemed like in many ways, it was like the Holy Spirit was just always shouting at people. Like, and so it was always like just everything seemed loud and a little bit crazy at times and wild. And there are moments when the Lord works in those ways. And yet what I'm finding is, is that if I cannot learn to rest my own soul, my nervousness is, is that I actually am not hearing the Holy Spirit as clearly as I could that what is coming in is sometimes the cultural noises. So I don't know, you get in those moments in your prayer life and it's like, man, my mind is shooting over here and I'm over here and I can't quiet anything down. But what I'm nervous about is like, those things start to come in as lenses for how I start to hear from the Lord. And so I've been asking Holy Spirit, I wanna hear clearly 
from you, without the lenses, without the distractions, without the noise. And we know the, this, the wonderful story of Elijah. Elijah's had this wonderful experience where the Lord rains down fire, burns up the altar, burns up the prophets, and then he's on the run. And he is needing the Lord to come and speak to him. And there's like this work down of like the Lord finally starts to speak to him, but he speaks to him in the quiet. He speaks to him in the whisper. And so this is where silence starts to come in. So if you've ever done any type of silence, this is my normal as I start to like slow down and trying to kind of, we would say, empty our minds so that the Lord can come in and start to fill us back up. And my mind is just going all over. And so as we do this kind of practice, what I've found helpful, and this came from Ruth Haley Barton, she says she uses a very simple prayer. It's very short and she creates one. Sometimes it changes. And she says, we use this prayer to help us to recenter. So as we move into quietness, slowing our minds down, slowing our hearts and our spirits is we use a short prayer. So my short prayer right now in this season is here I am, Lord, help me to be present to you. And I use this prayer and I use it multiple times as I'm stepping into this because what happens is, is we become distracted. So as I become distracted, I go back to this prayer. And every time I find my, my mind wandering, I go back to the prayer. And uh, I heard this, and it's funny, I heard this in two different places. I don't know who the person was that spoke it, because sometimes I beat myself up. I'm like, why is my mind going all over the place? And I can't control it and all this stuff. And uh, there was, uh, whoever this person was says, man, every time we, our minds wander, wander even if it's 100 times, that's 100 opportunities to come back to Jesus. So like even in the distractions, there was another opportunity to come back to Jesus. And so this prayer helps recenter. And so as I've been doing this, I have, and I've been doing it for five minute increments. Like, okay, Lord, I'm gonna give you five minutes. Not long. We're not talking hours. Five minutes, Lord, where I'm just gonna slow my spirit down. And I'm using that prayer. I start with that prayer and I begin to allow just my thoughts to be filled because the hope here is that I would rest in him, find peace in him and begin to hear from him, to hear from the Holy Spirit. So this isn't because we could get into new age. This isn't mindlessness. I'm actually not trying to empty my mind. I'm not trying to empty my spirit. Well, I'm trying to empty of all the stuff of the world so that the Holy Spirit and Jesus can come in and speak. So I'm moving to that place of like, Lord, what is it that you're saying in the very depths of who I am, spirit on spirit? What is it that you wanna speak? And I begin to slow down. And so what I do is I'll use that prayer. I'll come back to it and I begin just to listen. And this is also helpful. And we're gonna do this tonight is what I've also found is that we have so many distractions is what I, part of the practice uh, that Ruth Haley Barton says is sometimes we've gotta write those, we gotta write down the things that are distracting us. She calls it the cares and concerns of the world, the things that we bring before the Lord. Because oftentimes in my quiet time, I'm moving right towards, okay, Lord, I got to get my prayers out. And we got to, you know, the goal is just to be with the Lord. We talked about last week, intimacy with him. It's going to that place where it's just me and him. And it's not me trying to get my to-do lists and all the prayer things. And so I bring my cares and my concerns. I write them down. I give them to him. And then I can just let them go. Say, Lord, in this moment for five minutes, these things are yours. And ultimately they're always his. <laughs> like that is, that's what we bring to him. But I give those things to him. I use my prayer, Lord, here I am. Help me to be present to you. And I begin to slow down. I take deep breaths. That's why we've been doing these prayer exercises. We inhale, we exhale. 
we posture ourselves. And then we just simply end with saying, Lord, thank you for this moment. I don't beat myself up. I don't shame myself. Even if my mind was all over the place, I thank him for that moment. I use the Lord's prayer. And then I start to journey into my day. So I'm, I'm starting my days like this. So the invitation I think for us is, what would it look like for us in this, this season of seeking more of the Holy Spirit to at the very beginning of our day, before we pick up our phones, before we turn the news or the media or we're off to where we need to go, even just five minutes of saying, Lord, here I am. I'm silent before you, okay? So we're gonna practice this. We're not gonna do it for five minutes. We're gonna do it for two. And I'm gonna take my phone out. We're really doing it for two. Um, and what I've, I've actually learned, I like using my phone, just the timer on my phone, uh, because it allows me to sit in it. And as soon as my five minutes are up, my little beeper goes off and maybe I stay there. But at the very least, I'm, dis I'm trying to create a little bit of a discipline. So for you, it might be one minute, it might be five. My goal here will be to go to about seven minutes. I'm gonna, I usually am like, okay, I'm gonna do this for an hour. I'm trying to get better at that. Like, no, five minutes with the Lord, okay? So let's do this. We're gonna posture ourselves. So part of this is also being mindful of our body, of just the tensions, the things that we carry with us. And so find yourself in a relaxed posture. And sometimes that's where, you know, it, whatever it is, you know what it is that you can be relaxed. And could we just close our eyes? And right now, let's try to make a little bit of a, a list in our heads. What are the cares? What are the concerns that you bring into this place? So for me, these are a lot of times prayer concerns. I have some family things that I'm praying regularly for, and I want to give those to the Lord because I don't want those to come into this space at this time. So it could be prayer concerns. It could be maybe just broken relationships. Oftentimes, it's the to-do list of the day. So let's take a moment and just start to allow that list to form in your head. And we're gonna, we're gonna give that to Jesus in a moment. So could you hold your hands in front of you with your palms up? And as those cares and concerns are coming into your mind, can you... Just simply see yourself placing those in your hand now. And as you place them in your hand, would you turn your hands over as an act, and we're going to give these to Jesus, as an act of putting them into his hands. And could you just see that picture in your head? And now could you just pray a really simple prayer could be the same one I use. It could be just simply, here I am. Would you pray that? And we're just going to spend two minutes in silence. And any time that your mind maybe starts to wander, use that prayer again to recenter yourself. We just want the Lord to come, to speak to our hearts, to speak to our minds. We just want to silently sit before him. So for two minutes, we're going to do that.
And so would you take a moment to thank the Lord for this opportunity to sit with him And together, uh, can we pray the prayer that Jesus taught his friends, his brothers and sisters to pray? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, thank you. I'd encourage you to try this, to start your days off. There's something about that because, again, we're longing for the spirit to come to speak. And uh, two weeks ago, I'll end with this, that Josh Dotzler spoke in, in the auditorium. We spoke about Jesus calming the storm. And I'd heard this statement from someone, and it's stuck with me ever since. And uh, this teacher had, was breaking down this story and he'd simply just said, you know, when Jesus comes to calm the storm and he's sleeping and it's like, it makes no sense. And this teacher said that uh, we only have authority over the storm that we can have peace in. So Jesus in this moment is at full on peace internally with the spirit, with himself, with the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They're all together in the Trinity, but he is at peace internally even though the storm is raging. And in that moment, from his peace, he can stand up and with a word have authority over the storm. And so as life rages for all of us, we wanna be a people who can, from a place of peace, have authority over the places where the Lord is calling us, we're invited into. But I believe it comes from that place of being with the Lord and that silence and that solitude of seeking him. And so that's our continued hope as we journey with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. So one, one of the things I hope you're seeing, we're trying to find practical ways to apply this. And here with another one. Can I just uh, check in a little bit? Uh, how many of you have been able to find some time to read from this book? Have you? So in that light, could I just ask for some, uh, some, some things from the book? If you have page numbers, sentences, phrases that just struck you, can I just check in to see where we are as, as a group? Um, because let me tell you why I'm asking this. I, I took another group through it, and a number of people said they, didn't, they couldn't understand what the book was saying. The language was too difficult for them. So I'd like to just check in to see where are we? Where are you? How, are, where are we together? And then try to help direct where we go as we progress forward. So anybody want to share an idea, a phrase, a page, something just real quickly, check in. Yep, Evelyn. Page 61. Okay. Very good, very and good. That just expanded. I mean, this whole book has just been what I thought I knew about the Holy Spirit. Whoa! Okay, very good. Thank you, Evelyn. 
Anybody else? Just a phrase, a sentence, a page you want to draw us to? Yes. Rachel. Paragraph. So Rachel's raising a really good point. So what what is the point that's being made there? So one of the challenges is we, we we believe the scripture is the infallible word of God, right? We believe that. But one of the questions that's being asked is does God speak in ways alongside scripture? Does God speak in ways that obviously align with scripture, but are there other ways? And so that is what he, that's the question that's being raised. Now, so let me just tell you, in the New Testament, there are 23 different ways. God speaks to people. 23. So it's not just the word. Obviously, it's the word. But there's more than that. So that's what he's poking at there. How do we, how do we take the words of Scripture, and, and then how do we let the Spirit bring those alive? In that light, can I, just on page 68, this is kind of maybe poking a little bit what Rachel's saying. On 68, uh, at the top of the page, Jesus said the Spirit would guide us into all truth, Teach us things that are to come and glorify Christ by taking what is his and declaring it to us. Paul says the Spirit searches the deep things of God, gives understanding of them of, them, of which we're to impart by the Spirit. In turn, impart by the Spirit. Now look at the next bullet points. The Bible states that Jesus is Lord, but the Holy Spirit makes this real to me. The Bible states that God is Father, but the Holy Spirit makes God Father real and rich to me. The next one, the Bible states that God is glorious, but the Spirit makes this real to me. The Bible states that God is love, but the Spirit makes this real to me. So there's that word and spirit thing that we've been talking about. So we need the word, absolutely, but we also need the Spirit. So Mike was kind of poking at that. It's when we are quiet that God's Spirit can take the things which we have developed. Now let me just segue just a second now. So one of the things we're going to, Lord willing going to do next year is we're going to focus together on scripture memorization. Why? Because when the word of Christ dwells in you richly, there is something the spirit has to work with in the silence. If there is not the word of God in us, what can the spirit draw up for us? And then we become, become very vulnerable to lots of different crazy ideas. So, for example, so an example, if you would like to, and, we, and I'm, I'm going to suggest we don't memorize a verse. We memorize chunks. So, for example, here's an example, the great, great passage, Colossians 3, 1 through 17. If you want to get your head around who our God is, you memorize Colossians 3, 1 through 17. Now, why is that important? Because I use the example when our son was dying and when he died, we said the 23rd Psalm over him over and over and over and over and over because that was in us. When the words of God are in us, the Spirit of God can draw that to us. Okay? Good. Thank you, Rachel. Somebody else? Any other page numbers, little things, and then we'll... Yes, Lori.
And I've been squashing that down. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Anyone else? Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. Ann. Okay. Amen. Amen. So Calvin wrote, John Calvin wrote a, a massive theological tome called The Institutes. And that is a reference to that particular document. Yeah. Go back to Anne's point, though. So on 66, she is fourth. Let's go back to first, second, third. Previous page, page 65. So let's cro cross the gap. So on the top of the page, 65, he's talking about the gap between Ephesians 1.13 and Ephesians 1.14. He says between verses in 14 and 15, page 65, there's a space in many Bibles. And he talks about what is the gap. First full paragraph down below. So here are four things. Here's the gap. First, the more of what's available to us is centered on Christ. It's centered on Christ. So let me, let me just make an observation for you. If you watch what's happening to us in corporate worship right now, the focus of our Sunday mornings in all four rooms is Jesus. That's it. It's Jesus. No, as Jesus becomes bigger and more real and more precious to us, we become a changed people. And so, what's, so for example, this morning, at the third service, at the end of the, I wrote a crafted prayer for healing. Well, I should tell you, so, holy quick. So, earlier this week, I felt the Lord was saying to me, and I asked some elders of this, they affirmed this, that I was, to, I was to lead our congregation in a prayer for healing this morning but do it differently. So oftentimes we ask people to stand and we do different things. I felt the Lord saying, be subtle and watch what happens. So I wrote a crafted prayer for healing after the Neuendorp video that we had two minutes of silence and then I wrote and read a crafted prayer. At the third service, I asked anyone in the room who was having an experience, a moment you sense the presence of Jesus to raise your hand. Who was at the third service? How many hands were up in the air? Almost the whole room. Almost the whole room. There was a moment, and afterwards, two different people said they experienced the healing touch of Jesus. So there's the more, part of the more, and the first one is, there's the more is centered on Jesus. Second one, the more is claimed in prayer. And that's, I think, what Mike is poking at. In silence, we begin to hear and learn to pray. Third, the more is conveyed by the Spirit, and then what Ann was just saying, and the more is for all, for everyone. Very good, Ann. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, Steve. I was going to say that thing, thing about between verses 14 and 15. happens to be when I became a Christian, I only read the New American Standard and Amplified, and, and it doesn't happen to have a gap there. So I read that, I thought, well, that's really odd. I wonder why they would do that. So I looked in there and thought, boy, that really uh, messed up someone's theology if there's a gap between Struggle with that. Yep. Yep. Amen. Well spoken, Steve. Thank you. 
Anybody else? Another page? Something in here for us? Yep. Daryl. Mm-hmm. But then, so that's what I, I want, but I know that that, or that doesn't always happen all the time, but mm-hmm. I want, that's what I want to You're longing for. for. But then, yep. when it says about the, uh, think more of the vast whole versus the, everything that has happened. Yep, yep. So can I talk about you for a second, Darrell? So Darrell drives a truck from Des Moines to Minneapolis every day every night, up and back. And he listens to Jesus talk all night long. And it's been fun for me to watch Daryl just keep expanding in his heart for Jesus because he is driving a truck and listening to the things of God all night long. Is that a fair thing, Mom? Is that for your husband? It's just fun to watch. Beautiful, Daryl. Thank you. Amanda. So let me make sure I hear you right. So are you saying, Amanda, how do we live in the tension of there's so much that's good and right and more, and sometimes we're disappointed because that's not all there? Am I hearing you? Great question. Let me just take and let me play, play with what's called, if I talk about eschatology, you know what I'm talking about? It's the end times, what's to come. So how, how do you think about this? What if I would say to you that when we are in the new heaven and new earth, who you are in Christ will ever be expanding? Forever, forever. So it's not like we get to heaven, everything's, fine. Well, everything's done, we're there. No, no, no. How can we know the expanses of our God? We will spend eternity being expanded to the more. So we're getting a taste of it now. But in our humanity, it's often disappointing because we would like more. But brokenness, sinfulness, pain, stuff mitigates against it. But is that, is that close to my hitting you? But let me, let me, so let me just go a different direction for just a second. 
I, I poked at this morning. Uh, as far as if you weren't here, I'm sorry, but I'll repeat myself just a little bit. I, I'm trying to, uh, so in light of Amanda saying there's a tension, here's the tension that I'm trying to live in, and I'm trying to encourage all of our church family in. In some very real way, the more is dependent upon how much we seek more of Jesus. So it's not like we, we don't earn anything, but we have to long for more of Jesus. Does that make sense? So the, you just, just for your friend, Google it. Go look for all the passages about seek. Seek. What do you seek? There is more available. And so my question is, and I, I use this example, one of the servers this morning, take whatever media source you like, your phone, your tablet, your whatever. What, Think about how you spend much of your day and what you focus on. Just, just look at it. And compare that with how much time do you focus on Jesus. So Mike gave us an exercise. He has a prayer that he prays and tries to pray it all different the day. So I use the Jesus prayer, 23rd Psalm, the Lord's Prayer. I'll, I'd, what are we trying to do? We're trying to be attentive to Jesus all the time. Why? He's present with us. He longs to give us more, but we're so distracted. So I wonder if there is an opportunity not to earn more, but to just be mindful of the more that's already given. That's what Evelyn was saying. It's already given to us, but we don't realize it. So far, the example I'll give you is, what if there was a check for a million dollars in your name, and all you have to do is turn it over, and sign your name and bring it to the bank. Do you realize in Christ you have a billion dollar check? And the Lord is waiting for us to endorse it. All he has, Ephesians 1, all the fullness in Christ is given to us. That's a lot. That's what's available. So thank you for that. One more and then we're going to go to table groups. Anyone? Yes, please. Mm -hmm. And I've been in churches that are very spirit heavy, and like Mike said, almost without restraint. Mm -hmm. You know, where it's they're so focused on the spirit, it's it's on the other side of things. And what you say about word and spirit, and that really spoke to me that God knows personally where each one of us are at, and the spirit meets us <coughs> at that place every day and gives us. Mm -hmm. And so if we're, if we're tuned out to that, you know, and we're turning to <coughs> CNN instead of the Holy Spirit for our anxieties mm -hmm. and fears, and it's, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit's there if yep. we walk alongside. Very good. Beautiful. Okay, great. Well done. Thank you for your reading. Let's now move to the questions that Steph has provided for us. And could we go at tables and... Let's, let's spend a little bit of time. Um, let me just reference, let me reference a couple of these. So in question number one, she has listed a page. It's page 61. Question number two, it's taken from page 68. Number three is taken from page 73. 
number four is taken from page 65. So if you want to go back to pages to reference those things, there you are. But let's spend about, uh, oh, say 15, 17, 18 minutes. Let's just talk together. And would one person at the table be, at the table be kind of the appointed leader and just kind of direct the conversation, okay? Okay, can we get back together? We'd like to, can you look at your sheet on the back side about response time? Like to spend a few moments another exercise. If Mike gave us one at the front end about silence, here's one about hearing the voice of God. So for the response time at the top, Steph wrote, at one point in the chapter, the author says, the Bible never itself never claims to be the only place God speaks. God speaks through creation, conscience, and by the Spirit through dreams, vision, words of knowledge, prophecy, tongues, interpreted, etc. Sensitivity to the Spirit's voice is part of the more I am calling for, both the scriptures and alongside it, through script, subject to scriptural norms. So the question is, what does hearing God's voice most commonly look like for you? Or is this a newer concept you to feel to share that as well? So before we do that, here's the exercise. We're going to get, spend, a, as Mike would invite us, two minutes of silence. And could you look at the people around you who you may, maybe met for the first time tonight? And you ask the Holy Spirit to give you a word, a picture, or something about every person at your table. And after you, whatever, don't spend a lot of time on it, whatever the Spirit gives you. And then we're just going to debrief. What did the Holy Spirit give you for the other people who are in the circle? And let's see what the Lord does, okay? So let's, let's quiet for two minutes, 7-11, 7-13, and then we're going we're gonna to just ask the Lord to give us words, okay? Let's be quiet for two minutes. Listen, listen, look at the people at your table. Be willing to ask the Lord, what would you give me to say or to share with the people at my table? So two minutes of silence. So Lord, would you give us something for the people who sit around us. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. There are three by five cards in the middle of your table. If you can, write something down. Just listen and write something down. And then we're going to take two or three minutes. And then we're just going to share whatever you hear. Okay? Okay, everybody. Thank you. How many? How, there's a show of hands. How many of you felt like other people in your table had a word for you from the Lord or a picture? Look at this. Amazing. Isn't that cool? The Lord is speaking.